G'day and welcome to another edition of the Stacks Podcast. Today we've got some special guests in the studio. They are hovering around somewhere, so very quickly I want to just talk about uh, what we're going to get today. Today we have uh, Mr. David Hoffman, Mr. Phil Emanuel and Mr. Pop Standen. Dave's just strolled into the studio. How are you, Dave? G'day, Joy. <laughs> uh, the other blokes are out doing their things. Getting them off their phones is a uh, it's a bit of a bit of a trick. You've got to uh, really work hard to separate these lads from their phones. But I guess if you're on the road for as long as they are, it does mean that uh, you don't get to, to touch base. And I guess your phone's everything. It's a whole world. Dave, what's going on, mate? How you been? Oh, flat out. So, Dave, you've just got back in from where were you? Where were you last night? Uh, last night we spent at Hyden, and before that was Esperance. Esperance, Esperance playing that. Before Esperance, I believe you were in Broome. Yeah. <laughs> so you've gone. Hang on. Well, so let's uh, let's just rewind. So you've flown in. The, you've been over here for thirty days. You've you've arrived. You flew into into Perth. We done a couple of shows in Perth. I had the fortune to be able to play with you guys. Do a few shows in Perth, and you guys took off to Geraldton. Xmouth and <laughs> Port Hedland, Caratha, Broome, Mikathara, Kalgoorlie, yeah, that's a good guy, uh, Esperance, and then you've arrived back here that's right, we did with a few little yeah. gigs in between as well. A few little bits and pieces in between. It was 19 shows altogether. I think we did an extra one last night, so brought it up to 20. So that's 20 shows in 29 days. Yeah. And you guys must be knackered, all that driving. You, you drove all that way. So in a round trip, I guess it's... You've probably done about seven or eight, no, maybe 9,000 kilometres. We took the Rock Garage's van <laughs> with no air conditioning. And poor lad and lived to garage. Ran out of fuel twice because the gauge is faulty. wasn't our fault. It was the fault. No, it, uh, just, to let, <laughs> just to let you know, guys, at home, what happened there is, is that when, it, when the gauge actually hits a quarter of a tank, it means it's empty. Uh, just a minor detail I forgot to tell the guys... <laughs> Uh, they did take the, the van a while back, and I, I didn't even think to tell them oh, it's that. It's been a great run, Joe. It's been excellent. We did the Xmouth fishing competition. We've had some really great crowds. Surprising uh, crowd at Hopetown. The surprise that they, they just went nuts down there the other night, so that was great. At Hopetown? Yeah, Hopetown, of all places. Yeah, yeah it went off. And, and, uh, and Broome was good. Broome was uh, so excellent. So where, where's Hopetown? It's... Uh, yeah, it's... it's is it towards Esperance Way? It's, if you're on the map on the bottom coast of Western Australia, it's in bet- halfway between Albany and Esperance on the coast. But yeah, it's just a little. It's not a. It's a tourist town. There's no f- industry there. There's, uh, but people are great, friendly people. A few backpackers and that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, we went off. Very good, mate. And uh, so a lot of good gigs. Phil was ast- astonishing as usual. Every night, never ceases to amaze me. Comes out with something nif- different. <laughs> and Pop Standen was inimitable as usual. Yeah, so um, a pretty good show, mate. So the lineup for guys at home, if you ever get a chance to see these guys, definitely do it. They're over at WA at least once a year. Um, got Dave Hoffman, yourself, Dave, play a bit of saxophone. Yeah. We've got uh, Pop doing his country rock swing and blues, as he likes to call it. So he, he plays a tailor that looks like it was made round about when the pyramids were constructed. <laughs> 
Like, can you tell us a bit about his guitar? <laughs> what the fuck's going on there? <laughs> it's a, it's five thousand dollars worth of guitar. That thing. Somebody sat on it in Townsville. One of the, the, the drunk chef from the basement that we're playing at. John Keys was the boss, and his chef was drunk and come out and sat on the guitar and smashed it. Oh, so no. that was twelve hundred dollars worth of repair right there. So um, that up the value to a twelve hundred fifty bucks. If, it's, to me, it's worthless. I mean, it just gets cops a flogging every night. There's a lot of history in that guitar, though. There is, I suppose. And Phil's got a—he's got a—he's into his blade. So if we get a chance to drag him in, here, which, as I said, he's probably out there on his phone. I'll get him. He—he uh, he likes to play them Blade Levinsons, um, which are a nice guitar as well. Yeah. So uh, basically, on this podcast, Dave, we uh, we talk, like to talk about a little bit about music. We'll touch on that a little bit, but we like to find out other things that the musosers are into. Uh, we, we love a good conspiracy theory. We like to find out your opinions on what's happening in the world. <laughs> conspiracy. Yeah. Oh, you got any conspiracy theories, I was Dave? watching one the other night, as a matter of fact. Yeah. The um, reptilian shapeshifters. Oh, right. That are ruling the... Yeah, uh, yeah. So they reckon they Have you seen the uh, little YouTube footage? evidence, And it's mate. all in the eyes. They reckon they can still gotta, tell the eyes. You talk to Phil Emanuel. He is a reptilian shapeshifter, I realise. You think, you think he's one? I've been working with one for the last 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. We stopped so you, to pick up snakes. So you have it there. There you have it at home, folks. Phil Emanuel is an actual reptile. <laughs> Has anyone watched V? You remember V? I remember V. I remember V. That was a good series. They're all reptiles. I used to eat rats and carry on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I must admit, travelling with Phil's quite fun. Phil is into his reptiles. He's into his snakes and stuff. And I, I do remember on the road with him, you'd, you'd be driving along and they'd be like, oh, oh, mate, pull over, pull over. And there'd be a bit of corrugated iron yep. and looking for a snake. Yeah, and it happened a few times on the way to the room. We got some photos. We picked up we picked up a snake. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, on the on our webpage, I'll, I'll stick a few photos up of you guys doing a bit of the touring and travelling and all that kind of stuff. And no, I do believe he was looking under the bridges. Here he is, his old man himself. Uh, welcome to the microphone, Mr. Phil Emanuel, all the way from, uh, where was it? Esperance last night, mate. I was at the big Kenny could have been title fight last night, mate. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Phil and I have a mutual friend that we like to spend a lot of time with. Kenny could have been, and uh, he's world champ. He's world champion at everything, isn't he, Phil? Yeah, yeah. He's uh, Jennifer's still ringing him all the time. Jennifer Hawkins, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was getting pretty pissed off about that, uh, Ken. He, oh. he's, yeah. See, that's the difference between me and Kenny could have been. I got fat and ugly just to stop hot chicks hassling me out all the time. Like, if anyone yeah. asked me what happened here, and I was just, just tired of hot chicks hassling me out. Yeah. 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 So, uh, and Jeff Fennick was uh, circling around the building looking for yeah, him. Yeah, I well. know. He, you know, he had a he had a male nurse with him too. He wanted to get his eye fixed. Yep. Yeah, From was, uh, what? Kenny clouded him or something? Yeah, or? Kenny clouded him the other night. Did he end yeah. the fight or something in, in yeah, half a Kenny, punch? He, uh, Kenny was trying to sing something or play a guitar solo or something, and Jeff kept talking, so he belted him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just uh, what interrupted him during his he whispered yeah. to his missus yeah, or something. Yeah, he was doing like, one of his classic solos. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think yeah. Kenny Kenny won about nine titles off him, didn't he? he oh. I think, I think he, won, he won seven, but he took the other two anyway. Yeah, he just yeah, yeah just claimed. He said, it. "What are you going to do about it, Fennick? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who yeah. who are you anyway? Yeah, yeah. 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 You have to jump on this seat, pop, just because the mics won't even. You sound like you're in the distance over there. So, so the boys have been uh, on the road traveling. Well, we just done the maths about what nine thousand kilometres. I reckon you blokes have just done. No, that was it. That was the, that last that, that, weekend. That was, that was the last weekend. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah, so we're thirteen thousand kilometres all up. So we're tech screwing the car together. We're, we're, she's come back with desert jewelers on the back. That's it. Yeah, it looks it looks good. <laughs> Still drives well. That's the main thing. Uh, Where's the young Ford? 
and, and you're finally aware that when the uh, the fuel gauge hits a quarter, that you're uh, you're out of. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that did slip. Away. Actually, it goes under a quarter. It goes down to about a quarter of a quarter of a tank now, and then it, then it conks out. And then it conks out. Hmm. I don't know how to fix that. I don't think I will. I'll just let people. No, that play. was the second time. <coughs> yeah, the first time at Dunnybrook was a quarter tank and it stopped, and the second time we got to where was it? Paradou. Par- Pardew? Parabadoo, maybe? Yeah. Parabadoo. We were just... Parabadoo Radio. Uh, you couldn't get a fuel A couple of mil off a uh, quarter tank, and, and I, because I, I, I took over a drive, he drove the first three out, and I took over a drive, and I just go, that doesn't look right, because the rules are that, you know, and we go, no, 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 we'll make it. Nah. 20 kilometres out of Port Hill. Nah. They reckon that happened to Amelia Earhart. Yeah, it did. She ran out of fuel, yeah. <laughs> they reckon she yeah. ran out, and she... Uh, <laughs> she had a Ford diesel turbocharged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's all fixed now. We took it to could have been automotive. It took them nearly ten minutes. We had thought they'd never get it finished. They would have rebuilt it top to bottom. Ten that minutes, time. yeah. That's a long time it's for Kenny. Got the fuel tank autos. out, cleaned it, it out, put a new gets? fuel sensor gauge in it, wired it up, reprogrammed it, and everything. But geez, that's like ten minutes. Was that, was that one of Kenny's cousins? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Estelle, Estelle could have been. It still could have been. <laughs> so there you go, uh, folks at home. If you need any mechanicals repairs done, just uh, Google could have been mechanics. Uh, yeah, just give Phil or I a ring or Dave, we'll tell you how to sort it. No, they'll no. sort it out. So, mate, um, big trip on the WA. Can you? What was the best gig? What was the best gig that you did? Over Actually, enough, interesting enough for me would have been Hopetown. They just said the same thing. It's always those little places that just turn up. Just, just, well, well it, was a, it was a funny day because it was a wake, actually. And, and the average age was about, well, my guess, somewhere between 25 and 30. And we, when we walked in, Dave and I walked in, I said, this is going to be a hard gig because they're just not going to get what we're about. But from the first song, they were just all over us. It was good. It was good buzz. So locked in the country. Well, there was when you, Have you ever driven into them towns? I think we did a couple of times when I'd done a little tour with you. You drive into the town and it looks like there's four people there. Yeah. And then you well, do the show, well, and they well, just well, where do they come from? You know what, what, do you, what do you expect to get at Mekathara? I went, um, and there was probably fifty odd turned up there on a, a midweek night, and they, they looked after us all good. Yet we play in Perth, which has got two point something million people in Perth, you're lucky, you're lucky to get and we get what five people do yeah. uh, the Malaga Tavern. So mm. yeah, how do you work that out? It's amazing, isn't it? You just you just can't yeah, I think the room was very was good for us because they, they, they were a lot of musos at that one. Yep, and. Um, your mate uh, Robin, Robin. Oh yeah, yeah. Robin. Yep. He was he, he, he was he was ecstatic about what we did. So he definitely wants us back for the the season, which is somewhere in June, July, August or something. We're trying to we'll try and program something else. Jeez, so me, those responses, what it's about. Fly up for that one. Yeah, and I, and I just spoke to uh, Emma from Exmouth again. She said any time we come over, let us know. Um, so yeah, that, I think Geraldton Hotel was was massive for a Wednesday or a Thursday night. Thursday night, there was 150 plus there. Excellent. And I never played at the Giro before, so that was a, that was a good turnout. A massive sound system, that big awning over it. That wasn't there when I was there last. So, yeah, just developing. And the other thing was where we played last night, like, Esperance were good. The first night, there was probably 500 people coming through there, but there was probably only 80 people, 100 people actually into what we were doing. Yep. And then on the, the next night, the Sunday night, we were expecting a, you know, someone to go away and say, listen, you got to go and see these blokes. And come back, but there was a very poor attendance on the Sunday night, and it was kind of it was a funny night. Real, they were a real clicky sort of group down there. Uh, I think they're transient because they all come down from the Kalgoorlie and those sort of places. I reckon. Uh, wasn't a lot of locals because they asked the doorman. I said, "How many locals you need?" He says, "Oh, there's only a couple I know, so they're all from somewhere else, which makes it difficult." And then out of the blue, we we're going back to Harden, a friend of mine there. Uh, 
and she, uh, yeah, her duty yeah. manager said, oh, we thought you were playing. So they went out yesterday afternoon and put all the posters up. And people, we've probably got 40 people there. They're surprises. You know, that that encourages you to go forward. Maybe Kenny's got one. Hey, Kenny, have you got a multimeter? Uh, mate, if you go in the office yeah. and there's a green box, it's in there. Okay. If you look, as you walk through the door, look straight ahead, there's a green box. It's the only box in there that's green. You're always in trouble when your clams are green. Hmm. But, uh, that always happens. See, Pop, you've played, uh, mate, you've played everywhere. England, New Zealand, mm -hmm. Queensland. No one goes there to play anymore. <laughs> um, Northern Territory. Northern Melbourne. Territory. The only place I haven't done yet is South Australia. And, and you've, done, you've done gigs like on the back of a sheep truck. You've done them on, bloody, on an island that's mm -hmm. a little rocky island in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> having stuff dropped to you by a chopper. And then you've done them on the back of boats. and. Oh. What's been your What's been your favourite your favourite location gig? The the one that you sat there and went, oh, this is pretty cool. Probably um, for me would be KC's and Ellie Beach. Very intimate, but they're into the music. Yep. And I've been going there for ten years, and I've got a good support base. So you're always assured of getting, you know, I mean, forty or fifty people doesn't sound a lot, but when they're when they're rolling the money over the bar, that's what pays us. That's what keeps the bosses happy. That's why you get the calls back. I mean, there's been some impressive stuff that we've done, but that's that's a general one. Every time I go there, you, get, you kind of know that there's something going to happen. Uh, whereas, you know, you're playing your festivals and on the back of the big boats and all that sort of stuff. It's all good, but it's just cosmetic because it's not... They're there and gone, you know? True. Uh, and you hope that they that feeds into their musical common sense and when they see a name in the town, they'll come out and bring some few people out. And It's about building, you know? We talk about it all the time, just building and building and building. One of my favourite shows is a little town, you probably pass through it going down south, a little town called Borden. And uh, that's getting back to driving into a town, not knowing what to expect. And that's when I was just touring around, living in the back of the Land Rover, uh, just trying to pull a gig here and there. And uh, did a bit of a buffet show. And I, the first night I did it just for the guys at the bar, just a few songs to show them what I'm about. And then they must have rang all their mates off the sheep stations around the place and, and the wheat farms yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And then next night, cool. we had probably 200 people in there and, and they were laughing there. Like, I, I, no matter what I said, it might have even been funny. Yeah, they, were just just, they were in the mood to laugh and they were all having fun. Mm. And there was a, a big guy there with uh, red hair and he had a big mop of red hair and someone called him Ginger and he goes, fuck off me, it's Caribbean sunset. And, like, and then the whole place <laughs> was laughing again. And it was just a great night where no matter what you did, people were into it. And that's... And, you know, like I've done comedy clubs and I've done some bigger shows, but the, for me, that's hands down my favourite show I've ever done. Yeah. Because just because the, the reaction. And you yeah. can do it for two or three people. That's it. Mm. And if they're just having the best night of their lives, you are yeah. too. Yes. Because yeah, well, yeah. <clears throat> Dave likes, I've yeah. noticed Dave, you get Dave, you sick him onto the crowd a bit, don't you? Sick him, well, sick they, him they, Dave, they, get they, him out they, there and get him up. When they see a couple of old pensioners up there on the stage. <laughs> and, and you've got Dave who's, who's, who's verging on pension. He's, a, he's mentally disabled, I mean, but... He's, um, he's still holding some sort of look. He's got lovely, yeah, yeah. lovely well, he, long, he's, he's golden def, he's, def, he's definitely the best looking under 60. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got to use those, you know, and, and when, they, when he goes out and does what he does, and we, you know, there's, there's not really program, we just kind of... Depends on... It, it can be a good-looking Sheila, it could be a big Sheila, it, could be, it doesn't matter what it could be, whatever. <laughs> whatever I pick, it doesn't matter. I had a mess up the other night, I went to the wrong... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> went to the wrong woman. The lady that has the hiding... She owns up, not hiding, I mean, she's an old mate of mine from years ago. But 
So we pick her. Well, I picked her, and I said, "We'll sing a song for her." You know, she changed all. clothes. I didn't recognise her. Oh, she goes to the wrong lady. Went to a friend next <laughs> door. And, and I'm just shaking my head. He's looking at me, then he goes to another lady. That's the wrong one. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it happens. She's the one in the sequence, Dave. But, yeah. but they're the things that make it memorable because of those, those you know, it's, 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 it's all good when it's all going good. But it's those little things that, that the little bumps in the road that sort of adjust you to go, oh, you know, and then you get a good gig. Like, uh, uh, X-Mouth was good for the game fishing. Yeah, X-Mouth was, was good. Yeah, we got to meet that little Mimi. Yeah, and just hats off to Leith up there too. What a great yeah, guy. His wife, he's, Emma. Yeah, he's his partner, uh, Emma. Yeah. Well, Mini, Mini Marks, was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah she, uh, Mini Marks did the support she for you guys. Rocks, she yeah, rocks, man. Yeah, she's a little pixie. Yeah, she goes all right. Yeah, and she was stoked to see you guys by the photos too. She was, she was yeah, well, she's got, bombing she, a few photos. You know, she, has, she, she doesn't have that ego. She's just a, a basic country girl from, I think she's South West Rocks, didn't she say? Central Coast. Yeah, South West Rocks, I think. That, that name a few times. The Gloucester, uh, Gloucester, I think. Uh, somewhere like that. So, One you know, she's, she, she's, she's, Coast, um, she's yeah. a bit of fun. And the, and the black that was playing harp with her from, uh, he's in a band from Fremantle or something. I've forgotten his name. Uh, yeah, he was all right, you know. Once, cause once so he's think, a local bloke from down here. Yeah. yeah. And yeah is he touring with her over there in New South Wales? No, just here. Just oh, so he, she, she, she picked him up here yeah. and, yep, on the road. And I don't know what that connection was. I didn't work it out. But, you know, once they know that you're not there to threaten them or you're trying to steal their limelight or whatever that's all about, which I'm not into, where they all have their fun. And then, you know, that's what it's about. Some of the places you go to uh, that I've played at, uh, up in um, Darwin, I've played at the, for a corporate gig up there for, and, and I supported Christine Arnoux. Well, all her musos came out of Melbourne, and like they just looked at like had two heads, you know. <laughs> and then like that, that the Geraldton at the, the Red Dust Red Hill Festival, it was called. Mm. All those blokes, you know, Diesel's mob and uh, what was his name? That other bloke, Mark Seymour's. Yeah, and we were in the same green room. They, they didn't even acknowledge you. You know, it's like what's yeah, it's what's, what's all that about? I've been there myself. Done tours with Barnsley and. Yeah, just they get this attitude and all that kind of stuff, and here's me just drinking maybe, all the bourbon. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe they're born like that. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I don't know. It's, it's sort of they're kind of standoffish, and and I I see it on the road more so with more famous people. I mean, just getting back off that, and I, I mentioned this quite a few times, and I apologise once again, but um, when you see someone like Sebastian Bach, who who's well known through his Skid Row and all that kind of stuff, people are at him the whole time, waiting. He's got people yeah. that are just. There was one particular guy that followed us all around Australia and he just hung out at the hotel room and all that. Like, if I had that, I, I, I don't know how... I might be that guy as well. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Mark Seymour and, and... I mean, they're not quite... They might have it to a degree, but... Yeah, but you talk, you talk about fame. You know, the bloke in the other room there fixing his guitar has to be one of the famous, most famous Everywhere guitarists in Australia. Everywhere we go, people pull somebody... Pull, you'd be in, in the, the supermarket world. and people pull him up. You know, yeah, yeah, and he, like Mark Seymour and them... They, 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 they're well known in Australia, but this bloke's travelled the world. That's right. You know, and and, and they just—it's like he's been overlooked. That's that's strange for the Australian public to do that, particularly when you're an iconic person in the music industry. And he'll take the time to talk to anyone too. That's it. No, should you? Him and Dad get on like house on fire. Mm. Yeah, but he, like, like, how humble is he? It's the, table, the, table, the table we're sitting at the moment. It's got Dad could have been. Yeah. It's got this rug on. That's Kev. Kev. Kevy could have been. This, but this, this table—you can tell Phil this is where you're sleeping the night. As long as he can get outside and have a smoke and a cup of coffee and watch a bit of TV, he's happy. Yeah. He doesn't need the Taj Mahal to sit in every night. And that's, that's, how, that's how humble the bloke, the bloke is. And that's what I appreciate about him. Well, you guys had the pleasure of staying at my place and I've only got one bed, one Thanks spare bed. So it was a bit of a lounge. But it all worked. Yeah, but, yeah you know, when we all topped and tar, we, we worked out it was best if Phil's head was down there minor Dave's feet. That was probably the best. <laughs> when we were all up together, 
Yeah, we're reading on each other. It's kind of got a bit uncomfortable. Gets a bit hard. Yeah, so we had to spin. For oh, it's like anything. It's like a game of backgammon. You can't have all the pointy bits <laughs> in the one direction. <laughs> no, can you? you can't. No, exactly. You've got to have the opposite sort of stuff. Because, because Phil's the smallest and the skinniest. Well, if we just put him in the fill, he's the fill. <laughs> put him in the little <laughs> fills space. in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been it's been another good it's been another good. Uh, it's like the, trip. Remember that Scottish optimist, Philip McGlass. <laughs> <laughs> Always are full. <laughs> so was he. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's been interesting. It's another. Uh, so where to from here, mate? I mean, it doesn't stop for you. You're no. probably one of the busiest museos that I know. Well, um, we, we fly back over tomorrow, as you know. You don't stop. We got two days off, I think, and then we're back. We get out of uh, uh, into Locky Valley, which is kind of west west of Brisbane. Yep. We've got a couple of shows there. Three shows: Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we we pick up a young bloke, Jack Ridge. You met Jack? Yep. And you haven't met John Griffey, he's a harmonica player from the Gold Coast. He comes up for three shows, and then Dave and I get one day off, and then we go to Rocky, and then up into Early for a couple of shows, and up in Towns for a few shows. Yep. Now, working our way to McKinley, where for Crocodile Dundee's 30th anniversary movie out at McKinley, which is south of Mount Isa. So that's a, yeah, got, right. I went to the Adelaide River Hotel. I think that's the one that's called, and it's got the yeah, that's further north, the actual yeah. the actual uh, water buffalo. No, out, yeah. out of out of. Crocodile Dundee and they've stuffed it and they've stuck it in the bar. Now I went there and I'm looking at it and I'm going, fuck, these water buffaloes are pretty short. The guy goes, nah, mate, we had to cut half his legs off to fit him up under the bar. You oh, know? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, I thought they had short legs. It looked like a bit like a dash hound. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it would be pretty hard to get upstairs with Art. Pygmy buffalo. <laughs> pygmy buffalo. Yeah. So, um, Pop, you you know, I've got to know you pretty well over the last few years and, and, and yourself, Dave, and, and Phil. And one thing that I... I like I want to bring up and have a quick chat about is all the characters and there's a few standouts and I'm going to throw the names at you and I want you just to elaborate on those. Uh, first one, uh, the Queen of Honky Tonk. Can you tell me a bit about... Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Queen of Honky Tonk. So there's these characters in the music industry around Australia mm. that you've met and you've... Mate, you're going to have to write a book or do a documentary or something and then and bring these people into it because they're just so colourful. Well, it's, it's interesting. You, you talked about Juanita. I saw a ring. I just I was looking for someone in my phone the other day when we were over, I think, and there's another character in Tamworth who's a legendary photographer, uh, mm, Jake Lindsay, mm. and his, his slogan is shot by, by Jake, and, and he's, he's, you're only as good as your last shot, and that's, that's his slogan. And, and I've stayed with him and, and hung out in his place and he's had every famous artist, country western, mm. that goes to Tamworth in his house. Is and he the guy that does the books where everyone's wearing a hat? That's, that's exactly that's, that's the one? He wants to do another one out. He's 10 top 100 artists. That's his next one he's working on. And I rang him the other day, just out of the blue, because his name was there. And I thought, I should have spoken to him before. Because when I was down there a couple of years ago at, at, at Tamworth, he had me in, his, in the, well, it's not really a studio, it's his house, but he just keeps rearranging it. Like Every time we go there, it's all changed. And that's how he's kind of eccentric yeah, but creative. Yeah. And he took about twelve hundred photos of me for nothing, with all you know, with all the gadgets. And then he sat down on his computer and fifteen minutes he cut six hundred off. He didn't like. I didn't even get to see them. And he goes, "Here's a disc of six hundred photos." So through through meeting Juanita up at uh, Mackay, I went and stayed with her, and, and she's a whole different ball game again. Uh, her house is just spotlessly clean, but she's done all the artwork herself. Yep. She's very artistic, and she's got a. Uh, disposition on it to something she's autistic, autistic uh, or something, yeah. And, and she's but her voice is just insane for what she does. But the problem is, she's a bit of, a bit risque, and, and what she says and what she does kind of gets gets her into trouble. Yeah, so I rung her the other day and she was telling me that she's going to give up the music because no manager wants to, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no manager wants to handle it, she's too hot. Meaning, 
Can you swear on this? Yeah. yeah well, 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 she doesn't, well, she doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> and that's, that's, you know, and she'll get up and lift her dress up and kick her legs up in the air and tell the blokes they're wankers and, and all sorts of stuff. And, it, and, you know, when you're sitting in front of, you know, 400 or 600 pensioners, it probably doesn't go across that well. Uh, so she's kind of dug herself in a bit of a hole. And I'm saying to her, you know, well, you know, you need to just back off a bit. you got to back off. The system's not going to change you. You've got to back off. And, you know, and so we were sending a text and trying to encourage her to stay in the business because she's a character, exactly what you said. Yeah. You know, we need people like that. If they're all straight-laced, well, it becomes very dull, colours and boring. Who's your next choice? I was going to ask about the guy with the hat. Um, so, crazy characters. Now, what about... Uh, you've got... To, what about, as far as publicans go, who would be your most... Oh, Slug Miller. Out there publicans. Out there publicans. Slug Miller. That when you go there, you, you've got no choice but to indulge his uh, vices, so to speak. So, oh, oh, yeah. Tell us a bit about Slug. 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 I met Slug. I mean, you're... 30... It's in the name, 30, isn't it? 30, Slug Miller. 30-odd years ago, he, he came to Gympie uh, with his family. His father was a... Uh, Retired air in aircraft, um, um, like an avionics engineer, or something. yeah, but in the but in the forces, and he was in intelligence. Okay. Anyway, they they, they bought the big point of which was an iconic building in, in Gympie for years until they pulled it down. And I, I went down to build a birdcage, so I was, I was chipping then. Yep. And I met Slug, and Slug and I and I didn't hit it off straight away because he was he was from New South Wales, and I was a Queenslander, so it was a football thing. <laughs> and he ended up he ended up working, he ended up playing for Wanderers, which was a local team, and I played for Brothers, but I used to coach Wanderers, so there was a little bit of a animosity between the two of us. And then, you know, I worked for him for a couple of years as a, as a uh, trades assistant at the service station. I couldn't even begin to tell you I could write a book just about that with him. But he's a very uh, effervescent, very boisterous, oh, comedic. He <laughs> kind, of, kind of a bit like you. Yeah. And I, don't, I don't mean I put you two together, but you two together, because uh, you're both big men, uh, and not that he was, nor were you, but you, you know, as the years progress, you, you, you generally put on a few extra pounds. But he's just a big happy bloke, and he's just a giver. We were talking about him the other day. He doesn't take, he just yeah. continues to give, and that's that's who he is. But his sense of humour, you just never know what's going to come out. You never know what he's going to get dressed up in. You, never, you just never know. He's the first one. You walk in the door, the beer's there, the food's there. The, everything's organised. It's go, go, go. Yeah. He wants the energy. He wants the energy back. That's his return. And uh, he, he's actually the one that got me into this business 10 years ago. He had a, he rang me up. He was in, uh, living at Mollandina, managing the Wallaby Hotel, which is another iconic pub uh, down at the Gold Coast. And uh, I went down and he had, a, he had a, a three foot patch in the corner of his bedroom pulled out where the white ants had supposedly got in. And I started to pull, you've got to go back to the next study, and the whole house was actually riddled with white ants. So I was there for about eight months on and off, ripping the hole inside the house out and rebuilding it. And that's where I met Brian Fraser. And Brian Fraser had the Brian Fraser trio with Benny, who did percussion for Ash Grunwell, Mick Reed from Boston, Massachusetts, with the harmonica player. And, it, and he said, and we'd sit around after I worked and have a jam, because I didn't know much back then. And then it kind of built for me. And then I met Brian and Slug put on a, a blues festival at the Wallaby Hotel, put three of them on, and he invited me to come down and do three shows with Brian, uh, Brian Fraser with Bo Jeggy and Mason Rack and what's that bloke from England? It's just over here, currently, currently over here now. Can't think of his name. Ashton, Gwen Ashton. And, you know, Blind, um, Blind Lemon and all these big so-called bands. from, And it just went on and that, that's how it kicked off. And Slug's been, every time he goes to a pub, as Phil would know, he's always there. And he's just moved to another one now. He's got Keppel Sands, which is uh, east of Rockhampton, now south of uh, Emu Park. 
He's just taken over two weeks ago, so we'll be playing there. It's amazing how it all works, isn't no, it? Should, yeah, but you've got to is, there a, is there a gym close to that, a Snap Fitness? <laughs> yeah, not yet. They've actually just built one. Yeah, it's only a small one. Just one, just one to fit Phil, uh, to Phil Slug. To fit Slug in, yeah. Mm. yeah. And he'll still be the face of Snap Fitness, even though he's moved? Yeah, well, I think they can move the posters. They take the posters from Rock yeah. in and they can put them out there on the highway. When you say snap fitness, is he likely to snap at any point that he's trying out to do some sort of fitness? Oh, no, no, well, he's equipment just a gym maybe It's a bit like you and your darts. <laughs> the darts Precision yeah. darts. Oh, yeah. Just, uh, just to do a bit of a backstory, I was uh, first time I met Phil, we were on the road and we've gone up to. Um, to Exmouth to do a show and Phil hadn't really sort of didn't know much about what I do and he didn't know about the buffet thing and we're in the <laughs> we're in the crowd we were sitting, in the, about sitting it. in the crowd front and centre and uh, and, I, and I'm sort of playing and I tell this thing about you know like how I used to play a bit of sport and how I come off the park and big Daryl Eastlake decided to come over and do a bit of an interview on me and I'm huffing and puffing and breathing hard and panting and all that kind of stuff and then I turn around and said well, first, I'd like to thank my sponsors. I'd like to thank Precision Darts. And Phil fucking fell off his chair. <laughs> yeah. And he hasn't let go since. No, no. Especially, the, especially the way Daryl was talking about it, you know. The flights had to be right. The weights had to be right. Because it's very hard, very, very yeah. hard. Phil, in all the years that you've been playing, mate, and all the characters that you've come across, is there anyone that stands out for you that just cracks you up every time you think of them? You just laugh at just who they are and what they do. And Is there anything like that? Dave Hoffman. Dave Hoffman Dave Hoffman when we're down at the market you know, amongst all the gypsy stores and that and I just laugh the way it's oh, like he blends in like said, a chameleon said, said, said as Dave sees a gold tooth that's it he's gone he's gone okay. anybody with fillings no, no. and gold teeth well, there's, there's one person like I can't wait but unfortunately he's, he's dead now he's passed away but <laughs> Dutch Tilders you ever, you ever seen Dutch Tilders no, well, I was up no. in Cairns with Dutch Tilders for about a week, and no matter how you look at him, he looked like Jackie Gleason from Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> He's up there trying to sing serious blues and play, and I just pissed myself laughing because he looks exactly like Jackie Gleason out of Smokey and the Bandit. He had a better voice yeah. than Jackie Gleason. A bit better, yeah. He could play guitar a bit better, yeah. too. Oh, mm. They're great series, aren't they? Bloody stupid. Well, I suppose his son's name Cletus, wasn't it? Cletus? What about, what about, what about, what about Darcy? Darcy'd have to be up there. He, he cracks up, doesn't he? Oh, my brother. Oh, Christ, yeah. Darcy's, he, like, you guys are all... He's, you want to see the thing he's just put up on Facebook about Easter. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. How he doesn't get crucified, I'll never know. There's <laughs> a thing about uh, how, how it's ironic how for 2,000 years we've uh, worshipped a carpenter that somehow managed to get nailed to a cross. Mm. Yeah. Is it, yeah. Is it that one that's sort of getting out there? So. Oh, you're better than that. <laughs> yeah, the laugh, and he's got a picture of someone's ankles with a, a stake driven through them and a bloke up on the cross, and he's going, This was done out of love. <laughs> and he thought, Christ, I'm, I'm glad my mother didn't love my father that much. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, mm. I, um,. Yeah, so you guys are pretty much a lot of playing in about what now is time from now. Back home, mm. got a fair bit on. Phil, you've got uh, what do you got when you get back, mate? You got plenty on. Oh, fucking oodles on. Oodles. When we get, 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 yeah. I've got a, uh, I've got a studio going into me, into me front area of my house. Yep. 
and I'll be able, oh, doing lots of recording and everything. Comedy album out soon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, could have been collabor- uh, collaboration. You're going to... Yeah. You're going to... Get Kenny in on it. Kenny in on it. Yeah, Kenny and Daryl Eastlake. And Daryl Eastlake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, uh, on saying that, we'll, we'll take a quick break for two seconds and we'll, uh, I think we should listen to Kenny Could He Be. Yeah, let's put Kenny on. Yeah, this I want to uh, brush up on that solo. This is yeah. a song. Yeah. Have you actually mastered that solo, you feel? It's hard. It's I've hard. got the first couple of bars of it, but yeah, I've, I've had it analysed and... Did yeah. you notice? Look, if you ever get a chance, you can if you get on YouTube and look up Kenny could have been K E double M K E ultimate guitar and you see this guitar solo. He plays that hard and fast. He has to wear a glove. Yeah. Is it one of those ones like in the butcher shops with like the metal ones? So it doesn't. Oh, so it doesn't shred his hands together. A boning glove. He only uses them when he's using steel strings. Oh, okay. He normally uses canvas ones when he's playing on nylon strings. Yep. Yeah, Yeah, I think this one's a uh, a downhill skiing glove. Yeah. Just, uh, I think he got it off. uh, He he knocked out Piermont's a brigand. Probably. There's. You talk about names that suggest something. I hear the name Piermont's a brigand, and it sounds to me he's got a twelve-inch dick. That's a that's a name. That sounds like a wine to me. Piermont (laughs) Sabrigan. Sounds like an if, offset of a. I don't know. If your name is Piermont Sabrigan and you've got a you've got a, a grain of rice down there, you're in trouble. It just doesn't doesn't like, matter. Like, what do you want to drink? Yeah, like Piermont. Piermont. It was named what, what do you want? Do you want a Shiraz or a Sabrigan? Piermont Sabrigan. It was actually down to skier from I think it was Sweden or Germany. I like Eddie the Eagle. That was my favourite. But anyway, here it is. It's Kenny Coulda Beans. Kenny Coulda Bean. And uh, it's actually not Kenny Coulda Bean singing. Buffett singing. Straight off the road with Kiss. Kenny Coulda Bean. Go Kenny. Kenny's one of those blokes that's done everything before. He can bowl like Dennis Lilly and can bat like Stephen War. He punched out Jeff Fanick and won Bathurst in AV8. He shagged Jenny Hawkins and Russell Crozy's mate. Swing a club, Michael Diamond, how to shoot. And you only have to hear him talk to see he's never had a root. He could have been a wallaby, but he went and hurt his knee. I don't think Kenny's ever read a book or heard of the word ability. He's a real top bloke, likes a beer and smoke. He's a real sight to be seen. Don't let the truth get in the way of a good story, eh, Kenny could have been. Ladies and gentlemen, Kenny, lead guitar. He knocked out Lionel Rose back in 63, bowled the dawn in 45. I've done the maths on all that, Kenny, mate, are you sure you are still alive? He reckons he smashed Mal Meninga and taught Lee Matthews how to kick. He's got one hand on his schooner and the other one's on his dick. He used to be a pilot and flew a UF bloody O. He wrote the fucking Bible. Is there anything he don't know? He used to play guitar in a rock band called Kiss. And he missed out on their world tour cause Ken was on the piss. He's a real top bloke, likes a beer and smoke. He's a real sight to be seen. But don't let the truth get in the way of a good story, right? Kenny could have been. 
He's a real top bloke, likes a beer and smoke. He's a real sight to be seen. But don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Kenny could have been. Take it away, Kenny. Rock and roll! And that was Kenny Could Have Been, and uh, with his uh, song Kenny Could Have Been, self-titled, self-album, slight narcissist old Kenny Could Have Been. He's uh, done everything, as you heard there. He's he's uh, toured with Kiss and you know Shag Jenny Hawken and Russell Crowe's his mate. He's uh, done a little bit of everything. The boys have just ducked out to get a coffee or a cuppa, and they're going to be straight back. So we'll take a chance to uh, have another short commercial, and we'll be right back. Well, we're back. And uh, I'm with Dave once again. It looks like the lads have ducked out. They do have to catch a plane. It is getting close to that time where they do need to take off. So they're both feverishly on their phones. As I said before, I had to get them off it, but I can understand. They're uh, making all the plans for uh, pickups and all that stuff to get them back home. Dave, mate, what a great trip. Looks like you had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was awesome. It was, Thanks uh, for having us, Joy. Thank no, you no so sweat, much mate. for your support. No the sweat The equipment, at all. the gear, the rock garage, all the stuff that you do for us. Just, on stage and off stage, play, jamming with us, playing good, making good music. With just us. on a note, if you are a band and you are travelling to WA and you do need a van to travel in, you need gear to play with, you need a bit of backline and all that kind of stuff, um, and a van and trailer just to take on the road, uh, see, hit Joy's us up at Bluebone yeah. Entertainment Blue Solutions. Entertainment. And uh, the venue that we own is the Rock Garage where we've got rehearsal spaces, so it all comes inclusive. Rehearsal space... Um, the van to take on the road. It's all there for you, ready to roll. Make sure you come and take advantage of it. And, uh, Absolutely. And, yeah, yeah come, and, come and see me. It. Phone number Fantastic. is 0477 471 917. Once again, van to take on the road, everything you need, rehearsal space, you name it, everything yeah. you to. Yeah. Uh, and also, we can land, land you a few uh, venues I'll, I'll on the way through. I'll chuck in a, a worn out saxophone. You'll throw in a worn out <laughs> saxophone. I thought the reeds go in those things, Dave. Now you've got the little. The, uh, what what about a, what a, what about a worn out? Brand new when I bought it. What about a worn out saxophone? Yeah, that was thirty five years ago. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. So the boys are getting ready to leave. So I guess this is a bit of a wrap up. But uh, Pop, um, good to see you still doing it, mate. And uh, it looks like you'll be doing it for a few years ahead of you. Just sounds like then you're getting more gigs coming in. The yeah. phone does not stop ringing. Mm, yeah, yeah we're just talking to the bloke at the Game Fishing Festival in Weeper. That's a big one. About 5,000, I'd get to that. 2,300 entries that go fishing there. That we're just talking about. Yeah. And um, we were down at Espence the other day, as I said, and I was just telling that bloke, Tom Murray, who's the president of the fishing club in Weeper. My mate down in Espence is in the fishing club down there, and they had 118 boats this year. Wow. And I met the, the secretary of the of the fishing club down there, so who knows, we might end up down this one's playing down there next year. We've got the Bowen, looks like we've got the Bowen Fishing Classic, which is about four or 5,000 people. And uh, we just did X-Mouth, so I just said it looks like I'm going to be the, a fishy muse, I don't know. Just, just I still think you need a bus. You need a full-size bus with all your gear on it and you just travel year in, year well, out. Well, you could, you could do the East Coast with it. 
I mean, we Dave and I have been on the road for it was eleven months or ten mm. months straight, and we've been home. Mm. We're lucky we've been home three weeks, yeah. four weeks. Yeah. You know, like we get home now, we fly tonight. We get home by the time we get to where we're going tonight, it'll be two o'clock tomorrow morning. Then we have that whatever's left of that day. So we sleep most of that day. Then we got one day off. Then we're back on the road for, two, for three shows down in Brisbane, which is only three hours. Mm. Compared to everywhere over here, you've got to go do the shopping. It's four hours to go to the shop over here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> David and I were just talking about how far everything is in WA. It, but it's okay, you know. Yeah. It would have been a lot, you know, obviously because the van was bloody, we didn't have the aircon. It, 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 it was just that killer from Jilton to Broome was just smashing us. You know, and, and it didn't cool off till like 9, 10 o'clock at it's night. It's hard to tie the two the two um, parts of Australia together. I mean, it's such a big country, the East Coast and the West Coast, because there's a lot of action over here. It's a great scene over, great musicians come out of Fremantle all the time, out of Perth, great bands. But to tie it in with the Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane circuit is, is not so easy, you know? No, nah, it's totally isolated. Mm. Yeah. See, what, what's happening, I was, what I think is what's happening now is because the corporations are taking over, which is like your Woolies, your Coles, they're taking up predominantly all the, all, the, all the pubs and they're pulling the bands out because they don't want to deal with drunken blokes wandering out at 2 o'clock in the morning. They don't want to deal with noise restriction. They don't want to deal with, they don't want to deal with deal. So they're pushing poker machines in there. And they're sucking the money out of the community through the poker machines. So what that does then, if you take if you take a hundred pubs out off the east coast that used to put music on, where does all the musos go? Yeah, you know, it's squeezing the, it's squeezing people further north. So people are going to start going in the country. And I said to this bloke yesterday, that was on the AHA board in Melbourne that got ALH group board in Melbourne, and they that's right they had to do they changed the policies of something very recently. It was in the news. It was a big deal. Have you have you you know him Warwick Newman? No, but I'm, I'm familiar with ALH. They, they're yeah. the Australian Liquor Holdings. That's right. Well, he yeah, went, they went there and they got they had to get the police and the liquor licensing and all that. They, 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 they got some Victoria. sort of win. Yeah. And I said, what's happening now? There's a bloke, he's either in Sydney or Melbourne, and he's putting uh, artists into people's houses. Like here, like you said. You could go, okay, I'm going to promote this here and put it out, and we might get 60 people telling me to pay $10 to come and see our files play here. Yeah. Okay, that money goes to the artist. Somebody will, and you take some money for what your what your problem is. Sell a few beers. Yeah, and I said to this to the bloke, I said, what, what what's happening? Like the Vietnam vets, right, are going out and they're and they're moving under into the country and they're buying fifty acres, sixty, eight hundred twenty acres, and they got sheds there. There's one that's just kicked off up in up in where we're from in Gympie, and I don't know what numbers they get there, but they 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 get these bands up. Um, Hats fits and Cara, he started. But he didn't finish it because he's touring. You ever heard of him? Hats Fitz and Cat Fitz, yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he wanted to build a jute joint. Why do you want to build a fucking jute joint? Because it's an American thing. Why would you call it something else that's Aussie, you know? But anyway, that's just a beef I have. I like to keep everything Aussie. Uh, and he gets people in there. Like, he'll get different artists up there, and they get more than 40, 50, 60 people there. They can bring their own grog. They can bring their own tucker. Uh, and they can drive off whatever they want. They can camp whatever they want. And I think that's what's happening. It's going to force the people out to go. So it's going to force an underground. Yeah, and I think you're right. There's a there's a guy over in Newcastle, New South Wales, out of regions. Um, I, I'm not sure if it's Murrundo Flats or something like that. I've I've never been there, but I've heard so much about it. And his name is Polly Everett, and he's he does exactly that. He's got a bit of property. He's built a barn, sort of mm. stock type yeah. shed, and then everyone camps, sets up camp, and he gets the country artists in. You'd you'd love yeah. it up there. Yeah. A great place to gig. They all go camp for the weekend, and yeah. he has four or five artists play. Yeah. They all pay seventy bucks a head to to go towards the artist, yeah. and which they're happy to do because they're saving that on yeah. 
alcohol. And you know what? They never have a drama. They mm-hmm. don't have any fighting. There's no the bullshit. The boutique festivals. And, yeah. and that's exactly where I think this yeah. is going. I think that's where yeah. the next thing is, is yeah, boutique yeah, yeah, festivals. Thing, looking at it from the, from the business perspective, this is where the politicians and, and all that shit that put this uh, litigation into place, talking to, Craig, uh, to uh, Warwick, Years ago, where I come from, all the blokes, like, you know, you go to um, uh, Karata, and they got, they got, was it Dreamers Hill? And you've got yeah. 10 boats and caravans and cars all parked on the side of the road, people are selling them. Now, that's just, someone comes in and buys a car for 10 grand, that money goes straight in the bloke's pocket. The bloke two kilometres up the road has got the car yard, it's got to pay rates, it's got to pay electricity, it's got to pay overheads, and, and it makes it difficult for him because, so, where I come from, they, the car yards went and complained to the local council about it and they try to put a stop on it. And that's what he said. What they need to do is like, how can how can you have a venue that's been there before anybody moves in there and have one person ring up and shut the fucking thing down? Yeah, one person. Yeah, complained about noise, yeah. Not a not hundred, one. I mean, that's fucking ridiculous. Like, isn't there strength in numbers? So minority is really majority. And it's got to stop, it's bullshit, you know? Put your fucking ear, like I say, put your earplugs in or turn the TV up and close the door. But. That's how they do. Like one bloke can ring up, the coppers come in and go, there's noise complaint, boom, better shut yeah. down. Yeah. And you've got fucking 200 people there that have paid $20 a ticket to come in to support the, 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 the liquor, you know, well, the, the just, venue. I was just having a conversation that Australia's actually heading to a police state like America. Oh, we're, we're just cr- heading, we're, we're spiralling down that path yeah, right cr- now. Of course, it's America's only got a, America's only got a fart and Australia shits itself. That's, yeah, how, that's how it's going. It's, you know, high guys and all Americans. It's all pumped through our TV. They're indoctrinating us, and these poor fuckers. Have, well, the police it. have been given powers now to, to arrest on site and use force. So before, um, there, was was a, there was a thing yeah. re- recently where a 14 year old kid got knocked out by a cop of making an arrest. Now, okay, if the kid was lipping off and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, what's well, just a slap in the mouth, isn't it? Hats to him, you know what I mean? Like, mm. it's about time the police started showing some backbone yeah, again. And, and, and you don't know. You know, but we, you just don't know what's going you, you on. Don't but. Know. The thing is that I'm afraid of, and it just and it ripples right through everything through the music community, and you're right. It's it's. I've got friends. We used to we used to do up on Cable Beach and Broome. We used to do our own concerts. Yeah. Or we'd have our own rave parties because yeah. there's no way that the the police would allow them to happen in in the Shire of Broome. So they we we just did it ourselves, and we There's used for you, Kenny. Oh, thanks, mate. So we used to bring a um, we used to bring all our PA. Yeah. generators, yeah. lights, set it all up, and we'd party on for a night. We'd get up in the morning, clean up as if no one would ever know we are there, mm. and the police would be scratching their heads. And we used to give people GPS, it's coordination, that's how you find it. Everyone up there owned like, GPSs, so they'd punch it into their phones with their ma- apps, or, and everyone would just turn up going, is this the spot? It looks like it, this is where everyone else is, and right. it was yeah. kind of like a flash mob thing. And, yeah, and, and we kept it quiet, we didn't let the general populace know, so no one knew about it. Everyone, we had a great night, things went down, things That's didn't nice. go down. The other thing too, when you go, yeah. the further you go, music as well. the further you go in the bush, I think the tolerance is a little bit more, there's a little bit more yeah. tolerance. Whereas in the city, they're getting hammered the whole time, you know, there's yeah, yeah. drunk and there's drugs, there's all that shit going on. And it, it's like throwing a rock in a pool, the ripples take a while to get out there. Yep. Uh, and, and so when you're up, way up there like in Broome and Kununurra and Derby, you know, they, they've got to do their job, but I think they can kind of, they don't have to, they can mm-hmm. kind of close a blind eye. Like, we find that when we travel out Western Queensland, they're, they're a little bit more tolerant. Yeah. But as you get closer, well, you've got, you got, you got eight coppers in Broome. <coughs> so they just need to keep the lid on it. They don't need to enforce well, yeah, something because it, it, if shit hits a fan, they've got no one else to pay. The problem you know. is because of the, the, and it won't, the policies, what the cops are doing now, people lost respect for them years ago. Like when we were kids, you know, you had respect for them. 
had respect for the bloke that run the post office. You had respect for the bloke that had the fish and chip shop. Man, they don't give, kids don't give a shit. They don't give a yeah. And that's what's happened. They've just lost the respect. So you can understand why the police have got to treat, you know, fight fire with fire. That's only they can get it. Yeah, I mean, it's not that, it's not that, it's and not that's just a breakdown in socio-economic sort yeah. of situations, I suppose. Yeah, so I've got a lot of views which I won't mention on air, just simply because it's very left-wing. But I'm happy to talk to you about them off here. What I think. And so, <laughs> It's like Dave and I, we're starting to relive the old fellas. <laughs> Our ancestral past, Dave, sort of comes up occasionally. But, um, yeah, there's some, some issues with it today and, and what can be done about it. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty sad. But as I said, the ripple flow goes through and because yeah. pubs are shut down. And the other thing, too, like we were talking about why aren't people turning up to gigs? Why do you think people aren't? And, and my, my theory on it is is that... With mobile phones, everyone's in contact now. Mm. You make a post and say, oh, Dave's party's on Friday night. <coughs> oh, we're all going to Dave's party. Oh, we'll go to Dave's party then. I think it's, yeah. Back before mobile phones, you'd go to the pub to hook up with everybody. That's right. So, mm. you, so the band would be there. Like You weren't there necessarily to see the band, but you knew all your mates were down the pub Friday night having a beer, and that's the place to be at. So people would go there, and it was, it was big. All right. Yeah. This has just happened yesterday afternoon in Hyden, right? I think people become too lazy. So they think, oh, every venue we go to, go, oh, did you put it on Facebook? Did you put it on Facebook? Like, <clears throat> Facebook's a medium for people that are involved in it. But for the general public, and then I'm going to explain it this way. Yesterday, those girls at Hyden went out and put posters everywhere in Hyden. Hyden, you can throw a fucking tea towel over it. Yep. And there was like 40 or so people turn up yeah, with fucking six hours notice. That's, not imp- that's impressive for me. But let's go back a few years. <clears throat> we were in Bowen. Bowen's a fishing city and a port as well. And I was playing with Brian Fraser and we met Gavin Butler, who now is the organiser for the Early Beach Music Festival, which is getting bigger and bigger every year. And I didn't know Gavin, and I, I met him on a, on a Monday night without Brian, and I introduced myself and I said, oh, how do you get a gig here? And he goes, oh, when do you want to play? I said, well, early night we've got off, it's a Wednesday night. He goes, you won't get anybody here. I said, if I don't get 50 people here, I'll bear me balls at the townhouse clock. And I go, you give us something to eat, something to drink, you know, the, you know, the deal. And I, and I go, so the next morning, me and Annie, we, I was staying on Stone Island, we come over, and the bloke that owned the island, we went to his concrete plant, and we printed out 300 flyers. We went around the street, hit every car, walked in every shop, and we got 60 to 80 people, I can't remember, it was more than 60, <clears throat> less than 100. Two weeks later, we just released Stan and Fraser Stan and CD. We had 180 people turn up, that, about two winners a night, because we went out and hit those cars put them out, put them on, walked in, talked to people. You know, this text and text is bullshit. Because yeah. you can sit at home and go, no, but if you've got something in your, it's like, it's like, it's in, it's, in, it's, it's in your windscreen, you know, you go to a shopping centre and there's five, 300 cars there, put one on everyone. You only need 10% of that, that's 50 people. That's right. And and if they get, it's it's a face-to-face thing has a lot more value. Of course it does. And, and I used to walk into, into a small town like, like you're saying there, and I'd say, do you mind if I put one of my posters up in your venue? Mm. And the guy goes, oh, what are you doing? I go, well, I'm a bit like Kev Bloody Wilson, Rodney Roode, tell a few jokes, sing a few silly songs. And he goes, well, are you funny? <laughs> so I learned after the first few times, I actually had to have a couple of jokes up my sleeve ready to roll because yeah. I was starting to expect that question. I mean, you're not going to whip a guitar out, but I guess mm. sometimes, and I have seen you do it, where... You've gone into a venue and you've just gone, oh, look, and you just sat there and you played a few songs for them just acoustically. And they go, wow, that sounds pretty good. And you go, yeah, imagine what it sounds like with the ball the boys playing and blah, blah, blah. And then that face-to-face thing well, well, I've got to say that to you. Remember, we, remember we come down to Newcastle and we had two weeks locked in with those, you had that comedy stuff and it all kind of fell over. Yeah. And I was, I was staying at your father's place. 
And I said, I'm not going to sit here. So we went out in the car. We hit all yeah, them pubs. All down Central uh, Everyone, Everyone I went into. Yeah. Because you, you're giving him something. See, well, I don't know. If you're going to sell your goods, you've got to go in and sell the goods. So I'd go in, set the PA up, play for an hour for nothing. And, and every one I played at down the Central Coast, I got booked to go back there when I rang them up. Yep. So and you could probably ring them up now and they go, yeah, yeah come on down, so, we know so, who you are, yeah. we know what you're yeah. doing. So, you Love know, you've got to sit at home and, and sending a bio and a CD. It's bullshit, you know. It's bloody bullshit. You, you do, you do you kind of need it, but in saying that too, it doesn't, it doesn't go as far as, as doing what you're doing. No. But, but I can't, I could not tell you anyone else I know. Yeah. I, I know I've done it in the past. I know you've done it. And... I'm trying to think of anyone else can, I know that's actually tell, done can we, that. Can we tell a funny story? That's what we love, funny stories. <laughs> All right. I know what it is. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of the name of the place. Bill Wheeler. Yeah. yeah. So we were played at a place called Monto. Uh, Monto was famous for a horse, I think, or something. Point. Anyway, it's, it's about... It's about from off, off the coast, it's about two hours west. Not that far, but anyway. Anyway, and directly above it, about an hour or so north, is a place called Bill Wheeler. The people we played for on the... Uh, on a Friday night, they said, uh, you need to go to the bottom pub in Biloela and, and talk to Ainsley and Darren. And the people that we played for that night were Darren and Maria. And there's a way you can, you can cut through the forest, you go to where we were playing, which is glass, and we can go up like a kind of a, a, a zigzag to go back. And we had plenty of time, and I said, oh, no, look, we'll go up and check these people out. So it was, it was, an, it was an, hour, an hour out of our way. Anyway, we, we pull up at this pub, and we walk in, and there's a big young fellow there, tattoos all over him. And there was a couple of dark females there. A couple of dark fellas and a few, a couple of white fellas there. And they were playing a poker machine, just hanging at this bar. <clears throat> and um, <laughs> anyway, I said to the bar fella, I said, I'm looking for Ainsley. And she said, oh, she's out back. So I went out and saw her. She said, are you, are you Ainsley? Yeah, I'm Ainsley. I said, I'm Pop Stan. And she said, oh, yeah, I've heard about you. I said, oh, well, I hope it was good or bad. You know, she said, no, 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 from down, what's her name, down at Monte. I said, oh, I'm just here. We played there last night. And I said, well, she said, when, when can you play here? I said, well, you haven't heard my music yet. She said, no, no I heard you good. I said, well, that, that doesn't that doesn't prove nothing. And these, Dave and Jack were in the back of the, in the car. Anyway, I said, well, what about if we set up and play for now? Well, she said, well, you don't have to because all you do is give me a date. I said, no, no, no. I went, it was just something that clicked in me. I don't know what it was. Anyway. And she said, oh, if you want it, so drag these blokes out. And I said, give us a beer. So we're having a beer and we set up. And there wouldn't have been eight people there. Yeah, there. It wouldn't have been eight people. people. Saturday afternoon, about two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Anyway, we, cra we cranked up for about an hour. The first song, she said, that's it, you're hired. No, no, fucking, we just kept playing. We, we, did, we did an hour. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we've got all these picking jumping up and down and oh, yeah, so yeah, forth. Cool. <laughs> anyway, we, anyway, so we finished and we're loading the car. We're going out, you know, I'd take something out, then Dave's take something out. And I was kind of, it must have been one of my last trips, and this little Piccaninny comes up behind me, she goes, Hey, mate, she goes, hey, I really like your fucking music, hey, it's good to my, my daughter, she's going she to be 21 soon, I'd like to get you to play at a, at a 25th birthday party, could you, could you do that? I said, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, maybe, yep, yep, oh, well, how much do you charge? And I said, oh, well, it depends on where we've got to go, and I'm, the more I looked at her, I thought, no, this lady's got nothing, she's, she's, she's not going to be able to afford us fellas, eh? Anyway, she goes, uh, she goes, uh, I'll tell you what, she said, uh, I'll give you a hand job for 50 bucks. I'll give you a blow job, Rady. She said, you, you can fuck me for 100 or you can take me up the house. I'm clean, you can ask my friends. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Was that, that the discount? <laughs> you play there, was it? I wasn't sure if she wanted me to do the whole four things. I think that's, I that's a dick's count. If anyone wants to know what I mean, I, I should have said, okay, what, what deal can you do if I do the whole four things? <laughs> I should have said, here's $5, fuck off. But anyway, I didn't. Anyway, so 
we, and I didn't say nothing to the boys. We're still, everybody's still busy. We packed the car and we're driving off. And we're probably five k's out of town, weren't we, Dave? <laughs> anyway, I said, hey, fellas, I had just had a funny experience. Because you just had a little shield, that little pig and him that followed me out. Yeah, yeah. And nobody said nothing. I said, she just hit me up for you know, a hand job, a head job at this price and that. And he goes, she just hit me up. And then Jack goes, she hit me up too. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody knew we all got hit up individually, but no one was going to say anything. Then the penny dropped. What would have been good is if you all took her up on the offer. Oh, no, no, and then uh, you, no, no. You, you all meet down the alley at the same time. Yeah. Like, what are you doing here? Well, hang on a minute. I'm here for the hand job. <laughs> well, yeah. well, Dave, I'm here for their job. Well, what are you going to do? <laughs> Jack Ridge is here for we the had, high five. We had something, we, we had something similar happen to us in Esperance the other night. This lady threatened to take the three of us home. And, I, and she, was, she seemed quite serious, didn't she? Yeah, I think she was serious, yeah. I think she was on something anyway. She, was, she definitely was on this planet. And uh, I, I just said to her, I said, well, I know where I'm going to be. And I said, I know where Dave's going to be. I said, well, the problem is we've just got to work out where, Jack, where, where, where Phil's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm picking. And she kind of looked at me like that. I go, no, no, wait a minute, we're right. That just reminded me of something that I must bring up. And uh, we've touched on it, doing stuff in the past, but it's never made... The Stacks podcast. I just want to bring up. There's a place called Eaton Tavern, which as oh, long as Pop's no. been coming over, no, no, no. he's he's been playing. We just had there. another one. We had another incident there last <laughs> week. <laughs> there was. I haven't heard this one, so make sure <laughs> make sure you let me know about it because there's there's something like in the world. There's things. There's anomalies in the world, and you've got things like the Bermuda Triangle. You know, you fly over the Bermuda Triangle, you die some with death. Chances are you're going to end up in the in the Caribbean Sea, and uh, you know, no one's ever going to hear from you again. If you play at Eaton you are bound to experience things that you've never experienced before. <laughs> we've, we've played down there, I've played down there with Pop probably three times. Uh, the boys have probably played collectively down there five or six times, and every single time we've been down there, there's something, something yeah. happens. Now, if you go into Eaton, what would you say it's like? Is it, is it kind of... very clean, yeah, it's modern... It's a it's modern a little, kind little of hotel. It's suburb, it's, it's nice, But, yeah. but the, it doesn't suit the clientele. No, no, no The clientele no. look like they've just come out of... Remember the hoey moey? Yeah. And the, with, the, with the padded room and yeah, all the furniture yeah, was yeah, bolted? Yeah, that kind of would yeah, be the type of place yeah. you need to house the Eaton clientele because they're less than favourable at best at sometimes. And don't get me wrong, Hells, if you listen to this, um, hats off to you, darling, for living down there and putting up with it. I know, I know it's hilarious. Look, I, and it, it is for us comical relief whenever we go down there. But there's a, a character that I believe is now departed, not the earth, but departed from Eaton and he's living in Tasmania. Go that's, figure. That's, that's, that's what they're saying. Go figure. That's <laughs> a nice way to just say he's not around. He's not around anymore. <laughs> but there was a fellow there by the name of... Uh, Leroy. Well, well, his name's Leroy, and he... Um, let's tell the story. The first night, the first real gig we played down there that everyone got to know who we were. Were you at that gig, Dave? Not the first one, no. You weren't at the, I heard the Leroy story. Uh, the, first one I went down, the first one I went down with Leon Diogi. Yep. And Leon had a uh, heated discussion with one of the bar attendants about... That's right, and it sent everything a bit skew if, didn't it? Yeah, well, then the, the boss, Vicky, she... She she had to never talk to me about it, and then I had to talk to Lick because it wasn't his position to get up the bar. Mate, we shouldn't have. It was just being rude and and arrogant, so and, and and then that kind of set the precedence for the next one that we went down. I think was, it, was it the fight. That, well, I think no, that was the Leon. The fight was the next one after that because we had. Who was the bloke? Who was the bloke? We had Pete Renzullo down on that one. Who was the bloke, the guitarist we got from down there that had been teaching the guitar for two years and hadn't played performance, and he played like Steve Ray Vaughan on every song. Were you there for that one? No, that was the a uh, recent. Uh, oh, maybe. 
Yeah. Yeah, he just cut me out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He would have been there for that Black-headed. One. It was one of Glenn's mates. No, no, it was, what's the name? Um, Jack, likely Jack's father's That's mate. right. But we went down there and uh, we went down there and, and this Leroy character was, that was dressed... That me and Phil. That's right, it was. Uh, dressed... Um, he had no, we, like a, what was no, it say, no, we, like we, a Civil War, no, American no, Civil yeah, War we got, long? We got there, and the, remember the sign out the front? That's right. Phil Emanuel, Pop Stan and Joy D performing at night, but Leroy's not allowed or something. Was uh, everybody welcome except yeah, Leroy. Except Leroy, yeah. <laughs> so that, that, that raised So we it. get there, we've walked in the bar and we've gone, well, well who's Leroy? <laughs> who's Leroy? And, and the bar staff have kind of like, yeah, oh, it's that guy over there. <coughs> <coughs> that guy over there. <coughs> that guy over there. Um, and, and we turn around and here's this guy standing who's about six foot two, built like a ferret. Mullet hairdo. Mullet hairdo. Full leather. Four uh, teeth. Uh, he's the, he's the full package, ladies. Bikey shoes with the big ring on the side and the belt around the heel. Yep, and he had a World War Two Civil War type coat on. Yeah. Uh, Come down, which looked like he had a shotgun stored mm. down yep. down. When it, like he, he that, looked, that was actually his pool cue case. It was that's his pool cue case, but it looked like a shotgun. <laughs> so we've gone. This looks interesting, and I think that was our exact words. And I've gone over and gone to the toilet and gone. Part, How you go, mate? Very yeah, good. Playing his pool. Next thing you know, uh, the night's finished and we've gone on great. We had the local coppers turn up and... No, 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 those two blokes, then, then the shit started. Leroy left the pool table and had a fight with his pool cue at the bar. Oh, that's the night the keys? Yes, the same that, night. that's the whole yes. night, yes. Right, got it. So, <laughs> so Leroy's boy boxed it on at the bar. Yeah, they got, they got the, and the local... He got the flick? All the, like the kitchen hand, like they, he, couldn't, he couldn't blow a bloody candle out. And all the young blokes, like Luke Stone and all them blokes, they got him and got him outside and got rid of him. He disappeared and then we lost him. Then those two blokes that arced up wouldn't leave, remember? That's right. And they threw the glass back and smashed the door. That's, so, that's where the shit started. They're the two blokes that stole the key. So I've gone out to grab my car keys because they were in the Those two blokes that were there at the front, the girls, trying to get them out and they wouldn't move. And so you and I are going, come on, fellas. You know, the fucking nights got out because we wouldn't have staffies. That's right. And they said, they, they, they got the shits and got walked out. Your car was parked out the front and they threw that 70 out of glass back, cracked the glass and fucked off. That's right. That's, 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 and then they, as he ran past, he took the keys out. You've gone out if I can do something with the car. You come back and ask me if I had the keys. I said, I'm going to get the keys. Then we put two and two together, worked out it was those two blokes that did it. So then here, you go and get the, the Sheila from the bar, get in her car. Well, I, I had a quick look around with a torch and I didn't spot my keys. And it was so then I've gone, these blokes, they'll know where the keys are. Oh, yeah. And I, we couldn't have went anywhere without the keys. So I've gone, fuck it, I'm going to go get these fellas. So you got the barmaid. We got the barmaid. She's got driven past these two cats walking down the street. Yeah. I've hopped out, walked in behind a yard and just waited for them to come. And as they've come trottling down the street, I've stepped out, collared one of them. Yeah. And, <laughs> I, and I just said to his mate, I'm going to beat the shit out of this bloke if you fucking move. You stay right there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm patting this guy down, <laughs> feeling everything. I'm, for the keys. I'm patting him down. With the, he's going, I haven't got the keys. Going off oh, like that yeah. sort of thing. And then I, then I right, flicked him. Grab the other guy, right, call it in, get here, you and I'm feeling him for the keys, yeah. sort of thing. And then the guy's going, do that. I said, mate, you, you move and I'll knock your mate out. Like, you just, uh, this is really simple. I'm going to check for the keys yeah. and then you're on your way. Yeah. Anyway, so I've let him go and then they're, they're arced up. Oh, fuck, fuck, you know, I'm going to kill you. And all, oh, yeah, whatever, I heard it plenty of times before. Then that's when old mate standing about five metres behind me going, yeah, man, I've got your back. I've got your back. Yeah, I've the, got you covered. Oh, wearing all these MMA T-shirts with all these tattoos looking. <laughs> Mo, I think he had a mohawk at the time and that was like, it's like, fuck off. <laughs> got fighting a rata behind has got fighting a rata. In the meantime, while he's doing that, we're all out with, with fucking bar mats over our heads walking and it's just flogging, flogging down. Flogging down. And we're walking out and I'm going, 
I don't even know what I'm looking for. Mm. I don't, it, could, it could like looking for a needle and haystack. So then we all went back inside. Then you come back. That's right. You come back. Despondent because I didn't get the keys. So then, he, then he's put two and two together, and he's walked out, and you. You, you worked out, he pulled the keys out of the ignition and must have thrown them at 90 degrees to the bus, yeah. walked straight out and found them, yeah. then come back in. Right. In the meantime, the managers rang the police. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so then he's come back with the keys, the, the cobbles have turned up, and we're, it's all cool. Oh, do you want to press charges, remember? That's right. Uh, right. Anyway, so we, anyway the, the, the manager, who now is a friend of ours, she's never there past 10 o'clock or 10, 11 o'clock. This is like one o'clock, one two in the morning, and she's going, have another drink, have another drink, and the coppers are there, we're photo, we're photo shop, shop. Anyway. Doing shots of Sam Booker, and no, they, they coppers are there getting photos with us. <laughs> anyway, then, then, then the coppers go, we've got to leave. This is where, this is where Lira comes back in the picture, right? So we're out the front, Joy's car, the big van's parked there, and to the right, the cop car's behind Joy's van, and this car starts up like it was a four-wheel drive Nissan or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And he drives straight back into the fucking bollard at the pub. <laughs> crash, it crashes into the building. And we're standing there. At yeah. the front. Well, I wasn't. You, you were there. I didn't know I was still inside. There was you and the coppers, with it? Yeah, yeah, I was saying right and, in the And the coppers going, who's this bloke? He's not going to drive up in that bollard. And he went forward, hit the Forward fence, straight into the and, wall and he just backed away from it. Then he did like about a five-point turn to get out of the car park. <laughs> Went round the corner, then that's where I come out because everyone started going outside because they heard the band crash. Coppers have gone, oh, we, we better go, fellas, load. we can't have this, we're going to have to go he's, sort he's, him out. He's got, he's got the camera out, video, he? he went straight through the intersection to someone's garden. <laughs> <laughs> so the coppers had to get the car again, and the last thing we saw him sitting on the bonnet was he was the handcuffs on it. <laughs> and that was Leroy. And that was Leroy. <laughs> so I'll tell you the last one, this was only a couple of weeks well, ago. Just quickly, with the one in between that, we took Pete Renzullo, oh, a shit. good friend of ours, yeah. down. The Bos- the and this was the second time around. My wife had just come out from Japan, <laughs> which is a very ordained society over there, and we've taken her down to Eaton. She was in town for one night. One night yeah. I said, look, darling, come down. I don't want to leave you at home your first night out from Japan. Just sit down, watch us play, and then we'll drive home. So Kaneko, second set, Kaneko's sitting there enjoying a lemonade. Next thing you know, these two big boppers started swinging for the fences about a metre away from her. The guy standing on the door, because they, they used the, to have that bikers... Was, that, that was the Indian bloke. They, they used to have bikers looking after the joint. They were big, tough units, and no one would mess with them. The place was it was orderly. Yeah. So they got the flick because of the new laws here. You can't have association yeah. guys working in the security industry. Oh, yeah. So they've got second best, which happened to be a 55-kilo jockey of a fucking Indian guy <laughs> sitting there at the Make front door that just sat there just looking at his phone going, oh, shit in his pants all night at everyone that walked through going... I don't want to be here, yeah. even if it is for me $12.50 an hour. Yeah. I hope the shift finishes soon. The, the shift kicked <laughs> off and they're starting to head to, and I was all right with it. It was okay because it was sort of over towards a pool table. Well, then it's gravitated across the front of the stage yeah. and heading towards Kanaka. So I went, right, not having this. Yeah. I've handed me base to Peter Anzula. Now, no, you, just put, you put it down because Pete kept playing. Pete kept playing? Yeah, yeah you just oh, put, yeah, you oh, put, oh, sorry, I'll put it down. I thought I had it Anyway, Pete's, you step Pete's, up the stage and Pete's le- so he's legally blind. He can see about a metre in front of him. And if you've seen the movie Pitch Black with Vin Diesel, that's kind of what Pete's got. He can see good in the dark, but when it's there's lights and that, he so just he's loses his... Hey? He's like a nail. He's like an owl. Yeah. <laughs> his eyes like an owl. He's got 2430 vision. Yeah, but they're the thinnest <laughs> eyes in, in Bayswater because they both keep looking at each other. <laughs> so so he's, he's kept playing because he doesn't really see what's going on. I've collared these two blokes and I've... Usher them towards the door? Yeah, I've showed them, I've showed them the exit. Yeah. And then I've said to the Indian guy, lock the door, don't let these two <laughs> blokes back in. And then got back on stage and like, no worries. Gone to Pete and Pete's turned around and he's gone, oh, what, 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 what's, what's going on? And then I said, oh, Pete, you didn't see what was going That's on there. I said, these two blokes, are blo- there's a brawl going on about a minute from your face. He goes, oh, 
Really? I, I just thought they were dancing. <laughs> Good old Eaton Tavern strikes again. So there's a more recent there's one. There's another one, yeah. There's another one? Okay. So oh, the, the time before that. Oh, uh, this is the nightclub incident, yeah, isn't it? No, oh, this, but the time before this last one, I come over and Dave, who do we have with us? It's the two of us. Joe drove down to the gig. You left, that's right. You left, you come down oh, with Gunter. Yeah, that's right. You come down with Gunter, no, no. no. Anyway, anyway, one of the barmaids suggested to, to Dave... To go to Amanda Nathaniel. <laughs> to go to, well, to the nightclub, names. and I said, "No, I'm not going because I was staying with yep. 160 kilos, six foot eight, um, Glenn." <laughs> Lovely. I guy. said, "I'm going. I'm, I'm, going I'm going to have a drink with him." So he, he disappeared, and he, in the morning he, he got disorientated. He was drunk, spent all his money, ended up sleeping in the, over the doorway at the well, hotel because he couldn't remember where we were staying, yeah. which is 600 meters. So that was the last time, no, the, the time before. So this time. This Sheila appears again with the manager, with Vicky, and uh, I can't think of the lady's name, that, the, the chef. Uh, uh, and when we started playing, we hadn't even started playing, we set up, this bloke turns up, he's about my age, uh, and he was just come back from, he'd been in England for 10 years or something, and, oh, yeah, and he was a budding harmonica yeah, player. Yeah. He said, I can play a bit of harp. I said, well, I'll give you one go, if you're any good, you're on. Anyway, he went and got his harps, we scared off, he wasn't, look, he wasn't too bad. Uh, and so we kind of left him up there all night and we got him a few drinks, so that was all good. Right? Mm. So the end of the night wears out, and and uh, this the Sheila that was with that took Dave the last time to the nightclub, Amanda, yeah, rounds up Dave and all we're going again. So then they all started, oh, they all started, I love you, Dave, because I wasn't going to go, <laughs> I, I didn't want to go. I was just, no, 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 I don't want to go. No. I didn't even know what it was, unless it had music or I wasn't interested. It was a nightclub anyway, and they had a lingerie night that night, they got, they got in, they got into. Ricky's ear, and then they got into this, the chef's ear, right? So we, we've still we've still got the the English harmonica player and Big Lens with us, and me and him, right? So we worked out, okay. So like, I'm coming, I'll come. But we had to drive to the chef's place to get dressed, and I don't know where that was. So we got Glenn in the back. So he got 100 and, 180 kilos, 160 kilos, six foot eight. And you know how small your van is. You can't stand up in it. There's other blokes my height. I can't stand up in it. So the three of us in the back. Where were you? I was on the floor in the back. Oh, so there's four of us in the back. The Sheila that wasn't that was taking us to the nightclub hadn't been drinking, so she's driving. Oh, the man is driving. Yeah. Vicky and this other lady coming in. They're in the front. The girls in the so front. So we get all right. So we get to the we get to the to the vet where we're going to go to this place, and the, and the place is called the exit. And I've, you've got to enter the exit, which just doesn't make any sense to me. And so we get there, and you've got to show ID, and they've got a camera on you. I said, mate, I'm fucking 60 years of age. He goes, oh, it doesn't matter. You might have a 15-year-old kid inside you. So, oh, fair enough. That's a good answer. Yeah, it'd be fucking. <laughs> so we go in, and we've got to pay $15 to get in, right? And I'm going, fucking what? It must be a good band, because I didn't even know it was a strip club. Yeah. Well, at, that, at that point, I... Was I did... But yeah, anyway, carry on. No, well, whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, yeah. They danced around the pole. Anyway, so Glenn and the English bloke didn't have any licence, so they couldn't get in. So the girls had gone in. So the three girls have got in, Dave and I yeah, were going in, right. and I said, oh, you go, you go in, I'll go and sort these boys out, because I had the key to the van. Brave bouncer telling Glenn he can't come through the door. <laughs> so ra rather, than, rather than sit in the footpath, because I didn't know if we were going to be 10 minutes or 20 minutes, or how long we were going to be there, because I just wasn't interested in going, I went back out to see them, which set these four on a course up the stairs, and there's two sets of stairs in there. <laughs> so I've seen Glenn, I said, well, here's the car keys, go back and, and get in the car. And I'll, I'll, I'll look, I said, I won't be fucking long. Because I found out it was a lingerie show, so I'm not interested in that shit. 
So I go back in, I get back up, and when I walk in to the door where we paid, this girl, this lady, mm. had fallen down the stairs, yeah. knocked herself out, spit her head over, had to get stitches, and she's sitting on the on the entrance where we where I just left them. <laughs> I've got what the fuck's happened? <laughs> and and there's security the guards and children running around with wet towels on her head, and I've got what the fuck's going on here? So she's gone ass up just because she, she was yeah, still didn't, she didn't excited. Get... I mean, she hadn't been out in forever. And just... Might have had the heel, high heels got caught in the car. I don't know. Anyway, she didn't even get to the top level. She didn't, the she didn't see stairs. nothing. So everybody and everybody paid fifteen dollars to get in. So <laughs> I, I just said, Phil, I said, fuck this, while they're nurse mate, let's go and have a look, see what all the fuss is about. So we go up there and this little skinny stick insect comes up to me and wants to rub her tits on me and okay? I said, Fuck off, leave me alone. So we had one beer, which was like four hundred dollars for two for two <laughs> beers. And I just said, Let's let's get out of here. So we drank the beer, went back downstairs, right? So this Sheila's still concussed and all the blood run out of it. Well we've got to do something, we've got to take it. No, she goes, No, I'm back all right, take me home. So we go home, we put her in the car, we're back in the car, we wouldn't have been there yeah. 15 minutes, yeah. we'd have been there 15 minutes. Back in the car, back around to her place. Her daughter gets out of bed, she's got a young daughter about 24, 30, she gets out of bed, looks at her, oh, no, 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 that's terrible, you've got to go to the oh, hospital. hospital. In the meantime, when we pull up out the front, the English bloke <laughs> stands up in your car too quick and hits his head, cracks his neck and knocks himself out in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Proper knock himself. He just, oh, 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 I've got out of the comics mode here. Bang, off. Oh, 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 oh. Look at this bloke fucking on the bed. So we got a fucking concussed head split one in the front. A lady. <laughs> we got some bloke we only met fucking three hours earlier knocked out the back of the car. I think, fuck, what else is going to happen here? Oh, so then we went inside, we had one drink, and then we had to take them. We then we got everybody right again, put them all back in the car, took the Sheila to the, uh, to the hospital, left her with Vicky. Mm. And then we went back around and dropped this. The English bloke walked off with the, the shield of the driver. He disappeared with the driver. Yeah. And then we went back to Glens and, and then woke up in the morning and and, and headed to Mumblup, which was another story where we ran out of fuel and an angel, <laughs> the angel come and found us. <laughs> For those who are listening out here, Joy's got this car and unbeknownst to me, well, I, I knew about it, but I've forgotten about it. Luckily, I forgot about it. When the, when the fuel gauge gets to a quarter tank, it's out of fuel. So I wasn't driving, Dave was driving, he's not aware of the rules. And we're five kilometres out of Dunnybrook and the car runs out of fuel. Yep. I'm looking at Dave, Dave and me, what did you do? I didn't do anything. We well, must have, you were fucking driving. So we, You've we, rang me up uh, trying to get a, a mechanical diagnosis <laughs> as to what's happened. I said, I just said, where's the, no, fuel, no, said, where's the fuel gauge? He said, we, we've checked the oil and the oil's low. Do you think that could be the reason why it stopped? Well, put some oil in it. So Dave gets two litres of oil, overfills it by about fucking... <laughs> We only had to put a cup full in, but he's put fucking four litres of oil in it. So now the light's still on because they were full. I had a friend do that. She, she, she rang me up and she said, my car won't start. I said, why? She said, oh, no, I've just put oil in it. I went, how much did you put in? She said, I filled it to the top. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that'll do it. I enjoy it a lot. Now I rang you back, so we've got this communication going. And he goes, what's the fuel gauge? And I go, oh, it's a quarter tank. He goes, we had a fuel. I go, fucking no, it's got a quarter tank. He goes, no, remember last time we had a quarter tank? It runs out. Oh, fuck, right, eh? So then I left Dave with the car, and, I, and there was a little uh, a little uh, hobby farm that had a, a tractor in the paddock. And I thought, well, he's got to have a diesel. So I walked across the road. I wouldn't have done 30 yeah. metres, wouldn't yeah, I? Yeah, I wouldn't have walked right. 30 metres, and this car pulled up. A little, an old Nissan with all patches all over it, and this little angel, Sheila, uh, stuck her head out the window, you all right, mate? No, I'm fucking not. I need some fuel. So she came back and I said to Dave, because Dave didn't see her. I said, Dave, I said, I've got an angel in the car. Oh, yeah, sure you have. And this little thing jumped out, the little shorts on, the little crop top, oh, the little Dave's little, little, little oh, And Dave's going, you're not joking. <laughs> so they had to be driving to town and she got me a 20 litre drum. She got the spout. Yeah. She did. And she came back and I thought she was just going to drop it and mm. go. Yeah. But she stayed there. Anyway, we, we filled it up. Yeah. We, we put the 20 litres in. 
What a champion. And if we, if we turned it over, it wouldn't go because we had to bleed the injectors. What so. a smoking hot little champion. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, angels, weren't you? He was. Yeah, I've got photos to prove it. Well, I've never seen it, but I remember when we were playing at the OVT, you pointed out that girl and went, you look just like, like her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember the, yeah, the, the, the German when they came in? Yeah. They looked very similar. And I thought, well, if she looked like that, she's yeah. pretty, hmm. So then then we said, what about if we tow it? So she backed the car up. We've got that rope you've got between the seats there. Pull us down the road. Home. Tough, no, nothing. He goes, no, we've got to definitely... Inge-. So then she just disappeared down the road, didn't she? Walked yeah. down the road, didn't get in the car. Walked down the road about 300 metres. Mm-hmm. Come back with a big handful of spanners. Yeah, saved right? the day. Anyway, apparently the spanner, to undo the injector, 17 mil. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? This comes on to the second time we ran out of fuel, 20 kilometres out of, out of Port Edland. So anyway, we cracked it and got it going off. He went to mumble up and paid down to mumble up for the show, shoe and shine or show and shine. So now going further forward, we were with the fuel gauge again at Pardue or Pradu, whatever it's called. We tried to do a runner. So 20 kilometres out or 15 kilometres out of Port Edelman, we run out of fuel. So we pull up and this bloke pulls up one of them cars with the big yellow flashing light. He gets out and goes, oh, look, mate, we run out of fuel. But I rang, uh, I rang Fruckus, Ferguson. He's, he's coming out to bring fuel out. And I said, have you got any spanners? Yeah, I've got ring spanners. I said, fucking ring spanners, what I do? You can't get them over the injector. Yeah, I'll bring them anyway. Oh, yeah, righto. So we're waiting for him to come up, and this big truck pulls up yeah. with those big trailers, big five trailers on it. You're yeah. right, mate? No, we're looking for a 17 mil spanner to crack the injector. I've got fuel coming. In the meantime, the fuel turns up, put the fuel in. So this bloke in the van, in, in the ute, yeah. he's gone back into town to get uh, for a spanner for us. He comes back, and I can't get one. But I've got a toolbox up that way, 15 kilometres, I can go and get up there. A 17 mil spanner. Right? You sure it's 17? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Sure you sure it's 17 mil? Yeah, okay. did it just the other day. So the bloke, yeah, hang on. So the bloke in the big truck, the bloke in the big truck, he pissed off because he hasn't got one because he thought he had one in his truck. So he disappears. Yeah. So we're sitting there waiting for this bloke to go 15 kilometres. Ferg turns up and I said, fuck it, put me in the car. Take me back to Woodpool and I'll get a fucking, I'll get a spanner. Yeah. So about three clays down the road, there's a big truck stop. That big yeah. truck, yep. there they go and get serviced. Yeah. And there's there's welding and grinding Authorized going on. Authorised entry, eh? And I was standing yeah. outside the, the passenger's, the driver's side door, quite right, just on the edge of the bitumen, with the door open. One of these big trucks missed me by about a foot, barbed the horn at it, you know, because I wasn't thinking, of, you know, we're in the middle of nowhere, fucking one o'clock in the morning. And this bloke sat on the horn and scared the shit out of me. So we get to this place where the trucks are getting fixed. I get out of the car, walk over, and there's this little, this about my size of a big grey beard. And I'm like, what can I do? He said, oh, I've run, run out of fuel. We're looking for a 17 mil spanner. He said, you weren't that bloke in the, standing in the middle of the bitumen near that van a couple of k's up the road. He goes, yeah. He said, I fucking nearly cleaned you up. I said, yeah, well, I'm fucking trying to get it sorted. So well, what's your problem? I said, we we'll run out of fucking fuel. We need a 17 mil spanner to crack the, the injector, right? Oh, yeah, we'll come out the back here. So we go and meet that bloke. Yeah, what was his name? Yeah. So I get the back, and there's a bloke on a grind, this big, happy bloke from. Bathurst or somewhere, Victoria somewhere. And he goes, uh, what size spanners? I said, oh, it's 70 mil, I think. Hang on, so I ring Dave. So I ring Dave again, <laughs> back at the car. You sure? So, yeah, it's hard, 70 mil. Okay. And he goes, look, take my tool bag. Okay, and he went through his tool bag. I said, well, there's no 70 mil. He had, he had 18, 19, 20, 20, every fucking thing, except 17. So he disappeared. In the meantime, I'm talking to the bloke with the whiskers again. Fuckers in the car, wait for him and get the spanners. Yeah, take the whole lot. And here's a big fluoro light. And here's a fucking hammer. And if you have any trouble bleeding it, come and get me. I'll come out and get it going. Yeah. Cool. And while we were there, waiting, I was talking to this bloke, and I said, he said, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? I said, oh, we're musos. Oh, what are you doing? I said, oh, well, I've got Phil Emanuel. Oh, Phil Emanuel, fuck you. Oh, fuck we, come, we were going to come and see you at the Walkabout Hotel at Port Hedland. I find out we were on ship. We couldn't see you. I said, well, I've got him in the fucking car. If this spanner works, I'll bring him back here and take a photo. And he goes, fucking sweet ass. So give him the tool back in the car. Off we go. We get up there. Dave stands at the front of the car, our handy German mechanic. <laughs> He's got no fucking idea. I give him a 17 mil spanner. 
it doesn't fit. <laughs> it's a 19 mil spanner. So luckily this bloke said, no, just take, take a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So then we fucking got it going. We all convoyed back into where the trucks were. Got this bloke, got Phil, got the photo, put him on Facebook, got him all linked together. All his mates have commented all over, oh, you're like a legend. You know, that's the sort of bloke he is. He's a great bloke. So, you know. Awesome. So one, you know, one, one thing led to another, so it, was, it ended up being a good night. Awesome. Well, look, it's uh, that time. We've got to wrap it up. You yeah. guys have got a plane to catch. So... Uh, just like to say thanks for coming down and spending some time here at the Rock Thank Garage doing this Stacks podcast. Fellas, good to see you again. I guess I'll catch up with you next time you're over. This Next time you're over, I'll, have, I, a little, can, I'll have a little baby to show you. Can, yeah. I, can, yeah. I, can, I, can I leave him with a word of advice? If you want to be a budding musician and you've got any talent, Give it up now and take up cooking beans and potato and you'll make a lot more money. Yeah, I must admit, you need more than just music talent to get yourself through this world, this day and age. So. A little bit more to it, yeah. yeah. Mr. Emmanuel, thank you very much for uh, coming down. and Sayonara, uh, konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. And uh, we will see you... Uh, uh, right there, Mr. Goodabee. Yeah, mate. Uh, good input. Thank you for my... Um, yeah, yeah. Phil's yeah, just given yeah, me a, a, a tub of, I'm going to say... Sustagen. Sustagen gold. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, sir. I'll cherish that. I'll make sure that will replace the Milo that I've been hooking into. Right here, Mr. Could have been. Well, have a good flight, mate. Take care. That's highly recommended by Daryl Eastlake. Is it? Yeah. Daryl approves yeah, of that. He rubs it into his throat. Actually, I, I think this is how Daryl got his figure. I think it is too. <laughs> He's just puts it on his breakfast. It's a much bigger container than that. Yeah. Daryl has this, but he he, he he has it with 18 sugars. And you say to him, geez, Daryl. Do you like it yeah. sweet? He goes, no, I actually prefer if it's not sweet, so don't stir it. So. All right, Kenny. <laughs> All right, mate. So Hi. my name's Jai. This is Stacks Podcast, and thank you very much. It is the post-Easter podcast. Just like to say, once again, thank you to The Rock Garage. If you need to rehearse, you need to jam, you feel like recording your first album, get yourself down here to The Rock Garage, Unit 4, 24, Mercer Lane, Joondalup, right next door to Joondalup Music, and we are out. Stacks, stacks, stacks.